Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places plain. Then the glory of the God, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. What shall I cry? All the people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Lift it up to the cities of Judah. Here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is taken from 2 Peter 3, uh, commencing at verse 8. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord... One day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness? waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire. But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, 
Strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord of salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Speak to God. Uh, this morning uh, we're continuing through Advent, and uh, we're going to look at these two passages. I wonder when you uh, promise to do something, how good are you at doing it? <laughs> when you promise to do something, how good are you at doing it? When, when, when I promise to do something and I don't want to do it, I'm, I'm not really that good at doing it. If I'm doing it for someone else, uh, I'm usually better at doing it. I'll make sure it will happen before I've said that it'll happen because I, I like to please other people. If it's something that I've, I've promised that I'll do, but it's just for me, uh, maybe I'm not so good at fulfilling that promise. I, I don't know about you, but there's, there's things that just need to happen, like I, I need to get my eyes uh, checked. Uh, that gets pushed out six months, 12 months. Uh, no one noticed I got new glasses. I, I like them. <laughs> uh, but so, so once I get around to that and I've broken through the barrier... I've gone and got my skin checked, I've got my teeth checked, tick, tick, tick. Uh, how good are you at doing what you're promised uh, that you will do? In this passage, uh, we find out that uh, gods are not slow, uh, and so we're on page 988. I'd encourage you to open up the Bible uh, today, the, the red Bible in front of you. We're on page 988. Uh, God's not uh, slow in fulfilling his promises. Uh, so we're in verse 9, uh, the way some think of slowness, but is patient with us, not wanting any to perish, but that all will come to repentance. Uh, sometimes we look at the world and we, we look at the situations, we look at wars, the, the lack of peace, and, and we think, God, if you're there, why haven't you done something? If God exists, why has he not done something about this. Uh, right here in, in 2 Peter, verse 9, what we see is that God's pace is for our benefit that none may perish, but that all may repent. Our pace, his pace, is for our benefit. Uh, what does that mean when we look at wars, like what's what happening with Hamas and Israel in Palestine, that actually God cares uh, about both sides. God cares about all the people. Uh, God's desire is that no one would perish, but that actually all would turn from living ways opposed to him uh, and be restored to his ways. So re repentance looks like uh, changing our thinking, uh, changing the way that we think about others and uh, the world we live in, and then beginning to walk in righteousness. That is the the ways of God. So God's pace is for our benefit. Uh, does God really care about what I do or uh, what I've done with life? Absolutely. Why hasn't God done something about this wrong stuff that I've done? Surely if God exists, he would have done something about this. Well, God's pace is for our benefit. He is patient that none would perish, that none would receive uh, the judgment. He's patient in judgment. Uh, so that all might turn to him and experience salvation. 
Uh, that's why God is slow, but he will fulfill what he has promised. Uh, so if, if I perceive God as, sorry, my, my slides are a little bit light, so open your Bible, that's, that's full print. Uh, if I perceive God as being slow, can I keep living my way and delay my repentance? Uh, that's a question this naturally brings up. If God's going to fulfill his promise, uh, I can trust that, but does that mean I need to do anything? And so the passage here in 2 Peter says, well, judgment, uh, God's fulfillment of his promise that he would judge and bring in the new heavens and the new earth, comes like a thief in the night. Uh, we don't know when it will happen. None of us knows when we will die. None of us knows the, the day or the hour Jesus will return. Uh, but he, he says it will come when we least expect it. So we should not delay uh, in taking what we know and responding to it. Uh, so that's to Peter. Uh, God is a God who fulfills promises. Uh, God is faithful. God will do it. He will bring peace. He will bring the new heavens and the new earth with no more crying, no more pain, no more suffering. He is faithful. He will do it. Uh, our call is to be faithful ourselves and respond with what we know. So now let's flick over to Isaiah. So we're on page 581. Uh, in our red Bibles. And let me encourage you, I'm going to zoom in on a few bits. So if you haven't got your Bible open, open it to Isaiah uh, 40. Uh, God speaks a message into his people in a time of war and suffering and turmoil. And he, he speaks uh, this message. He says, Comfort, or comfort my people, says your God. Uh, in a world without peace, God speaks speak tenderly to jerusalem cry to her she has served her term that her penalty is paid that she has received from the lord's hand double for all her sins now as we read this this verse it's it's useful to have in front of you because we need to zoom in and look at it and ask questions of it and go well she served her term okay there's there was a a punishment uh, for Israel for, for turning away from God. They were exiled. Uh, that term has been served. Uh, the penalty is paid. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. H hang on a second. Did she receive Israel double, uh, double the punishment, double the penalty? What, what's Scripture saying here? So as we look at it, uh, there's a couple of options. Uh, one option is that uh, Jerusalem uh, received double the penalty. That, that is, they were in, suffer in exile uh, twice the amount of time. That's one option. Uh, another option is uh, even though, and so we see in verse 10, uh, that the Lord comes with might and his recompense is before him, his reward. Uh, recompense means to... Uh, make right to compensate for wrong. So, so maybe, okay, so they receive double the penalty. Uh, God is coming and compensating uh, with double uh, for, for all the, the wrongdoing. Uh, I, I sit uh, somewhere in the, in the middle in terms of interpreting this, and uh, what I would like you to see is that God doesn't do things by halves. If you wanted to flick over to Isaiah chapter 61, Verse 7, 
it talks about a similar concept. It says their shame was double. Uh, so how uh, Jerusalem appeared before God, how the people of God appeared before others, their, their shame was double and dishonor was proclaimed at their lot. Uh, but therefore they shall possess a double portion, everlasting joy shall be theirs. So as we look at this passage and we, we question, well, did, did they get more uh, than what they deserved for what they'd done wrong? Uh, I think we need to also examine and understand the character of God, that uh, God takes seriously wrongdoing, but God actually takes seriously what restoration and comfort looks like. Uh, when we look at the Old Testament, uh, what we know and understand in Jesus is that all the animal sacrifices, uh, all the exile, all the suffering was not enough, didn't make up for all the wrongdoing. Jesus had to come in order to restore people to God. The, the sacrifices that they made didn't work, didn't achieve the outcome of restoration didn't earn them the future that they longed for. So, so what we need to see in the middle of this is as God comes to comfort, uh, he comes to more than compensate the people uh, to bring his reward uh, that they would be restored to him. And so in the middle of this, a, a voice cries out, verse 3, uh, prepare the way for the Lord. I, I read this and, and I think, wait, God created the heavens and the earth and this voice is crying out, prepare the way for the Lord. Well, well can't, surely, surely God can prepare the way for himself. Surely he can, he can do it. He's strong. He's mighty. But it says prepare the way for the Lord. We understand that when John the Baptist came, uh, he came and he prepared the way for the Lord. He preached a uh, baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and called people to be baptized, to repent and believe, uh, to return to faithfulness with God. Uh, prepare the way for the Lord was something that he fulfilled. Now, is this something that's still relevant for us today? Does the, the Lord need his way prepared for? Let's have a, a look at a few of these verses uh, as to what preparing the way for the Lord looks like. So verse uh, 3, uh, in the wilderness, wh what does it look like? Imagine you're, you're trudging through the bush. Uh, what do you need? You need a path. You need a, a way through the wilderness. Uh, so it looks like uh, making a path in wild spaces so uh, it's clear uh, the way the Lord is coming. Uh, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Uh, so the desert often winding uh, around dunes and that sort of thing. Uh, make straight, that, that is, make a straight path through, through the dunes and the dry and dusty places. Uh, verse 4, uh, the valley should be lifted up. So think deep valleys with rivers. Uh, think the Grand Canyon, all of that being lifted up. Uh, but then think of the, the mountains being made low. Everything is being made flat. But don't just make everything roughly flat. Uh, think of your car uh, going along a bumpy road with potholes, get rid of the un uneven ground, level out the uneven ground, and make the, the rough ground flat. Make it all flat. Make it all smooth. Make the path clear. Uh, why, why is this? Uh, we, we see uh, verse 5, Then the glory of the Lord 
shall be revealed. And all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Uh, why does God want the way prepared? So that when he comes, all people will see his glory revealed. Now, now, now what do we do as Christians? Uh, following in the steps of John the Baptist, we, we build a church with lots of walls and small windows on top of a hill. Uh, how are we doing it at uh, preparing the way for the Lord? Uh, we come and we, we worship on, on Sunday and then we go out and we try and live like Christians in the world. Do, do we prepare the way for the Lord? Actually, if we were to take seriously this message of Isaiah, if we were to take seriously the message of John the Baptist, uh, then we would think about how we could make it easy for people to see God's glory. In a modern understanding, uh, for, for people that are disabled, uh, we could make this place more accessible for people with disability. Uh, but really, what it means is uh, making it easy for people to see God's glory. Uh, w- one of the reasons we, we collect food at Christmas is uh, that is a way that we reach out, make a road for people. Uh, what are the other ways in which we could make uh, the, a path in the wilderness a desert highway, uh, lower the bar, uh, raise the ground in order to prepare the way for God. That's, that's the calling for, for us in, in the same way. God uh, tasks us with that calling of being people of peace. So, so what does it look like for us as Christians to prepare the way? Be a person of peace that seeks people in order to provide them a clear pathway to know the revealed glory of God. See, what it, what it says of people, uh, it says people are like grass. Uh, they kind of wither and fade and they get blown away. Uh, but actually God's word, uh, what God says, his promise stands forever. Uh, think of yourself, think of your best achievements, think of your life. Think of the person in 200 years who has no idea who you were. Think of the God who longs for you to live with him in eternity. Uh, What God says uh, stands forever. What we do and the best things we do will fade in memory. But what God says will stand forever. Why do we prepare the way for people uh, to know God, that that none will perish, but all may have eternal life. All may live forever with Him. Now he begins. He, he says uh, to the person, uh, "It's time to speak." And uh, what I want you to say to people. So, verse nine: uh, Say to Zion, say to Jerusalem, "Here is your God." I, I wonder if. Uh, you went and you spoke to someone uh, and said, here is your God. But what would you say? How would you present him? Here in, in this passage, we see uh, that God is presented, verse 10, uh, the one that comes with might. His arm rules for him. That is, he's strong. He, his reward is with him. Uh, that is, there is incentive for following God. <laughs> he, he's not judgmental. He's not distant. He, he wants to bring reward to his faithful people. 
His recompense, uh, that that is if you've experienced suffering, if you've experienced difficulty in in life, uh, he, he, he will more than compensate. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather lambs in his arms. Here is your God. He will carry them in his bosom. Verse 12, so it continues on a little bit. Let, let me extend the picture. He's the one that's measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. What, what is this? Uh, it's not a description of how the world was created, that God was standing there with waters in the hollow of his hand and he's tipped them out. It's, it's an image to help us to understand the, the God who's in charge, who can hold the waters in the hollow of his hand, who's marked off the heavens and the earth, uh, who's, um, he's the one. Here is your God, the, the one who has no counselors to direct him, uh, the one who has uh, knowledge that is not taught by another. Here is your God. Let's look back up at verse 11. Uh, we, we see a little word in there. Uh, the, the word is bosom. Does anyone know where your bosom is? It's, it's your chest. Uh, one of the disciples uh, John, uh, who was the disciple, self-proclaimed that Jesus loved. Uh, at the Last Supper, uh, where, where did he lay his head? In, in the bosom of Jesus. Uh, right here, it's saying that God will carry them in his bosom. Let me uh, help you understand it a little bit more. In John 1.18, in this Bible, it won't use the word bosom, but I've used another translation up here. It says, No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, that is Jesus, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So when you think of bosom, think of the place of affection and feeling. Uh, Think of intimacy. Uh, Think of closeness. And so when uh, Isaiah is saying, here is your God, uh, the, the one who has report, reward, the one who has recompense, the one who's drawing near is, is saying, here, here, you are here with me. You are in the place of most intimate and deep feeling, and this is where I want you to stay. You are the center of my affection. I want to draw you in, and I want to draw you near. Here is your God. He will gather them. He will restore. He will comfort. And in the middle of it, we hear this echo of the passage we had from 2 Peter. God's not slow in fulfilling his promises. Uh, We all have hope that's unmet. We all find life hard in different ways. Uh, we, We look beyond ourselves and sometimes when we don't see the outcome that we want we say maybe God is not at work maybe God is not faithful but Peter is saying no no God is not slow in fulfilling promise he will do it he's waiting for you prepare the way for him let that way be prepared and so what I would love you to do uh, this Christmas take the picture you have of who God is formed by your experience, formed by the world, formed by what others have said and how they've represented him, and allow that to be deconstructed and then reconstructed by what we hear in God's word. God is faithful, God is mighty, 
God is not slow in fulfilling promises. God desires you at the center of his affection. God cares. God will reward. God will make right. God will restore. Uh, So as we look to a world that needs peace, we look to a God that will bring peace. How do we make roads straight, deserts, clear paths, uh, hills low? Uh, We deal uh, with our uh, wrongdoing before God in order to make peace with others, in in order that they may see that the way of peace in God is a way of hope and life and abundance. Let me pray. Uh, God, as we spend time in Advent, looking to Christmas, uh, thinking uh, about how you, Jesus, came into the world in order to restore us to our Father uh, who loves us. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, thank you, Father. Thank you for your affection for us. Uh, thank you that for each of us that, that there is a deep care and concern. Uh, Thank you that you're aware of all of our circumstances. Uh, Thank you that you care for us even in the midst of of challenges. Uh, Thank you, God, that you are patient with us. God, there is no one like you. Uh, There's there's no one who can bring uh, what we need more than you. Lord, please strip away the the ways in which we have conceived or perceived of you, uh, that we may with fresh eyes re-examine who you are. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.